It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 20... Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. It has been another victory... Um, that I've kind of already forgotten about because it's entering possibly the most nervous week of our lives, certainly my life. Uh, in living memory, I'm probably more scared about an Arsenal game than I ever have been because of many things. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling, Matt. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, um, I am bricking it. I think mm. that, that that is the, the bit, biggest impression I can sort of give at the moment is that I am absolutely terrified for Thursday. And every day that goes past, is yeah. just going to make me more and more nervous. Um, I was listening to um, another Arsenal podcast that I'm pretty sure a lot of people were listening to, and they were talking about the game on Thursday. Mm. And I must say, my heart was racing faster and faster the more they talked about it. So oh, if we no. can just get this week out of the way, done with, <laughs> then I, I, I'd feel much better about myself. North London derbies are bad, but uh, North London derby that feels like a cup final. I'm yeah. sort of like... On the verge of being sick. Like I've I've tried so many things to try and calm myself. What today? Um, a, a lot of what I'm trying to go down the avenue is of if we were given this position four weeks ago, you know, four points clear, level on points going into the derby, would I be happy? I mean, yes is the answer, but that doesn't help. We've still got to win the derby. I'm more scared about the Newcastle game. Like I'm in my head, I'm considering that a loss. Um, and then it's just how we manage the game before that. I.e. Spurs and. And then going into the Everton game as well, and whether they'll have anything to play for, and if buts and maybes, but you still want Burnley to win. Ah, oh, it's just look. Well, let's separate the podcasts into two. Then let's let's do what we normally do. Let's talk about the Leeds game because that had our that had our hearts going <laughs> as much as possible. And you know, to top it all off, we had the women's as well, which you know Connor will will kindly talk about much later. But what a, what a day that was! It was such a shame in the end, but. Um, God, the deadline, no, not deadline day, but, uh, you know, the final day of the season there, the WSL, that unfortunately didn't quite happen for us. Um, but at one point we could, it was close, and then if it wasn't for Sam Kerr, you know, it would have been something different. But um, let's talk about Leeds. And just before we do, um, I would like to ask uh, all the listeners out there for, for a favour. It is certainly, uh, uh, it is definitely a favour. If you do feel like giving us a review, Please do. It's, it, it's it's really helpful. And if you want to give us a one-star review and tell us we're rubbish, then please do that as well. If you want to give us a five-star review and tell us we're fantastic, then that's great as well. We do really, really appreciate you, obviously, everybody coming in and, uh, and, and listening. It's It certainly makes it worthwhile. I'm particularly meeting a lot of you as well. So, um, anyway, Leeds, how do we feel? Well, firstly, I, I want to just go before Leeds um, and talk about... So, you were at the game? Was that the game? Um, yeah. yeah. Talk, talk to me about the, <laughs> like, because obviously I wasn't at the game, but talk to me about the 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 moments before it, the the Louis Dunford song, the Angel um, North London Forever song. Um, how did that go in the ground? Um, amazingly. Like, it was, it was incredible. If I take you back sort of a little bit further, my, 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 um, my last Arsenal game was the Brighton game. So we lost 2-0 and uh, I went to the pub beforehand. It was the same time kickoff, if memory serves right. Um, got to the game. It was pretty flat and 
nothing really happened in the first half. We just conceded, you know, that sort of stuff. And it was really, um, really deflating and not really consistent with the other experiences I've had at the Emirates this season. I mean, you have to think about the Wolves, the atmosphere there and things like that. And, um, and obviously Spurs dropping points. And I know it felt a bit crap and drawing away, but, but actually, <coughs> points-wise and mathematically, it doesn't really make any difference whether they drew or lost. I think them dropping points was the key. So, <clears throat> so I think there was a buzz about it, and it was sunny. I went to the pub beforehand, and it was heaving. And it was, you know, two hours before, it was it was busy. The Mick Arteta song, he's just got his new contract. Um, North London Forever came on uh, in the pub um, <laughs> at the Eaglet, uh, just down the road from Tollington, and it, it, it really kicked off, which I thought was quite surprising. It's quite a young pub, I must say, but I, I thought, like, sometimes what you see online you know, from what we've seen elsewhere this season, what what you read online isn't necessarily the narrative you pick up in, in the ground. So I think getting there, I was like, is this going to happen or not? And when they play it, is it going to be dead, dead rubber? And I hadn't seen the tweets that they were going to play it. Um, and where I was sitting, it was like everybody was up for at least the first three lines of the big one, uh, you know, um, and then it sort of peeled off a tiny bit, but I think there was areas of the stadium that weren't as loud, but... It was clear, like it was for some people, it was the first time. But I was amazed how far it had gone. It was properly, properly spine tingling. I, I, I didn't really ever give much value or, or understand just how something like "You'll Never Walk Alone" is, or, or something like that. Um, but actually, it was so great. Sorry, I'm just gonna turn off my noises here. But it was great. It was like incredible. Um, and because everyone was so pumped beforehand, they were singing all the way up to the ground. You haven't seen that in a long time. People were ready for something. So it was the perfect time to, for want of a better phrase, drop it. Um, and what a week for him. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, had, uh, he's had an incredible life-changing week for him. And all because of the power of social media and, and some fans fight, like going to his concert <laughs> in Islington, um, recording that concert for Arsenal fans to share worldwide on, on, on social media and, and then for that song to be sort of requested to Arsenal's social media pages, mm. which then got picked up by Mikel Arteta. I mean, the man is um, got to meet players, got to meet Mikel Arteta. Like these are really, really big, um, big, big, big moments really. Like mm. um, I, 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 I think, um, it was a, a, a big moment for him, and he, he must be absolutely. He's, he's, his life has changed now. Like, yeah, it, it's really big, and I I think it actually contributed to the start of the game as well. Because I think after the the song gets played, yeah, there's like a roar from the fans, yeah. and like it's it, like you said, spine tingling stuff, and then the game starts and then we just start so quickly as well. And I thought the first half was excellent and it, you sort of saw that we were running on adrenaline and it was really, really good to see. Yeah. I think it makes a big difference. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's an emotionally charged game. We've got quite a young team. We needed a quick start. We got one, um, you know, and I, I thought, I thought, wow, this is, this is really special. There was a properly good special atmosphere in the stadium. There really was. And um, I think one thing as well is it, I was kind of, I mean, in our ring, I think, you know, history's got to start somewhere. Mm. And um, there has to be a point in which something organically has to come around. And it, and it could probably feel to some people maybe like whacking it on beforehand, you know, in a game and it being slightly rehearsed on the pitch and just seeing what happens in the crowd. Um, 
But I don't know if you, have you taken the time to listen to his album yet? I haven't listened to his album. I've only listened to that song. Um, is the album good? Can you recommend it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not safe for work. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. It's so, but 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 I think the important thing is here. This isn't like some staged. You know, look like I think you never walk away. And obviously, is an, an amazing song from an amazing place, but it's not unique to Arsenal, and it's not sorry Liverpool. It's you know, was it we looked at the last podcast like twelve? It was, clubs? It, yeah, and mm-hmm. like the most famous ones, other than Liverpool, Celtic and um, exactly. Dortmund. And um, but th- this is a, a kid, and from, you can tell from his music, he's very like it's raw, it's honest, it's like he talks about things growing up in North London something you certainly wouldn't want your mother to hear let's put it that way about the things he's experienced in um in north london and it's like even in that song itself i don't you listen to its entirety on spotify but mm. like it's really like kind of gritty yeah um it's kind of like uh you know if you'd hear it in like i don't know tomorrow beals and rap song or, or like something it's, it's like a prop it, it's pretty hard hitting and i just like there's kind of like an element of like honesty about the whole thing and like reality about it and the way it organically got picked up in one of his uh, you know coming of age concerts and he's at the angel and all that sort of stuff it's like the way it got circulated and is spread i think is is pretty much as organic and it's a north london boy you know it's mm. it's about so as organic far. yeah and incredible as he gets if you watch the video it's got snippets of him talking about going to the football and there's video a bit of arsenal going but he just his experience of north london it's like it kind of obviously you have the big bit and actually they muff, they silenced out or skipped certain lines that had various references to things like drugs, um, you know, and things like that. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, which is his experience, um, but it's very raw and it's very kind of like, ah, it's just, you know, it was very, it was very, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, like a, a Disney song, you know, no, no, <laughs> Do you know no. what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I'm explaining this, explain this very well, but like, it's not an Americanized Disney kind of like, Ooh, let's go kind of let's find a song for ourselves this really came out of somewhere from one yeah. of us yeah and i i i think it's important that i, I, I think what made it more the better was that it came organically hmm. like it wasn't forced someone saw it on twitter or someone saw it on social media posted it around it got traction that way people liked it people started editing clips with the, the track then the club embraced it themselves and then it organically got played. Like, it's just, they, they are the best, that's how you sort of create something is organically. You don't force it. Like, you don't, like, like it would be completely different if, like, the club got someone <laughs> to, to create a piece of music mm. from scratch. No, the, the way things become, like, anthems or, or whatnot, it's, it's sort of this way and, that, and that's how it was and i think now it's sort of like i've been adopted and <laughs> and it'll be funny if if we do win on thursday sorry to go back on thursday but if yeah, we yeah. Do win on thursday like that that game like that song will probably be played even more because yeah. like obviously it means north london forever and it's just like yeah like you're talking about arsenal football club and winning north london derby to get in the top four so like yeah the, 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 that's big but i don't want to get into thursday uh, <laughs> not yet like even up until now if amazon sat down in a boardroom and gone right what do we want to happen this season hmm. i don't think they could have come up with something like this like this has yeah. been an unbelievable season and for the potential of a finale to happen mm. on Thursday. Um, and look, it could all go to pot 
we could lose the next three games and that'd be it and we finish fifth and it would still be a good season um but what you know of all the seasons for it to be documented in such a way like i'm so happy it's been this season no matter what happens and um wow it's going to be pretty spectacular you know i i i i i think no matter what happens i i I think i said this um to some mates i said this has been the most fun season i've had as a fan um as an arsenal fan and I, I I'm 27 years old. I mm. lived through the Invincibles era as a kid. They were obviously fun, but you don't really understand it as a kid. Mm. You you start growing up. You start becoming a, like a teenager, an adult. You can go out, sort of thing. Those seasons are fun. You can start going to games. They're fun. But this season, just there's something about it as being like the most fun because it just feels like yes, we've lost games, but. Mm. I've never felt like being at the Emirates is not fun. No. And and I think that's the biggest compliment I can give. No matter if we finish fourth or fifth, it will be gutting if we finish fourth, uh, fifth Sorry, from now. It will be gutting. But ultimately, ask most Arsenal fans, did they have fun this season? And most of them will say yes. And I think that's sort of the important thing, is that that fun goodwill factor has come back to this football club. And that's something we needed. And yeah. I think you lost that. I think, And I think I also said this has been the best season atmosphere-wise and maybe just in general at Definitely. the Emirates. Definitely. Like, at the Emirates, like, the Emirates era, this is the best season that has been there. Like, the, the North London derby, I was at the North London derby um, earlier in the season. That is the best football moment I've ever experienced. Mm. Like, because it was just absolutely nuts. I've never experienced North London derby before. I hope I get to experience many more. <laughs> Um, and that being in the crowd for that was an absolute privilege, and um, yeah, so the, the, that's just something to note as well that Arsenal yeah. are going to um, like they, they, they've had a really good season and it's been really fun as well. It has, yeah, and um, I think that Spurs game was was the, certainly the coming of age moment, and um, I think it was a couple of games before that we'd won, but it was that was just coming off the back of quite a, well, it was the, the, the three games in a row that we lost. Then we had a couple of wins. I can't remember who against, but it was Spurs was the big test and uh, coming out of it so emphatically was, was really special. But, you know, the good litmus test of how this season has been and how people would feel is it, could you imagine releasing that Lewis Dunford song uh, towards the end of the United Emory era? No, Arsenal um, no. fans wouldn't have had it. We're riding off an unbelievable wave here. Things are going well, in a, in the very short term, i.e. four games in a row <coughs> against some uh, bitter, bitter rivals. So um, it, there's, there's a feel-good factor about it. The last time I enjoyed this uh, a season as much it was when uh, it was 2006 when we got to the Champions League final. Was that seven? 2006, seven? 2006, uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, uh, and it, wasn't, it wasn't just the Champions League. I mean, that was amazing. My friend, one of my best friends, Kwam, he... He came over every game. I think we just got Sky, I think, for like a, a couple of years or something, you know, and so he'd come around every day and every game and everything got closer and closer. And then it was Lasagna Gate and it was Villarreal and like it, every game mattered. And I suppose it's been a long time since we've had lots of games mattering. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think, I think that's the, that's the key is that as much as we are probably dreading every single game at the moment because every single game matters so much we want to desperately be in this champions league next season so every single moment is massive but 
Mm. I, 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 it, it may, but th- that's what we want. We want to be in these situations. Mm. And I think Arsenal for a long time now have not been in these situations. Like these games now, it's all like, it would just be like, just end the season. And as much as I am also at that point now where it's end of season, it's for very different reasons compared to compared to before. End of season yeah. before last year was like I can't take it, how I can't take any more pain and how bad mm. it is. This time it's just end the season now because I can't handle the stress of how much is riding on this. Yeah, that's yeah. a good situation to be in. I know, and look, we're we're certainly lucky, um, but we're certainly very scared at the moment. And hopefully, we can look back in in four days' time and 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 cherish the rest of the season. But I mean, look, the, the win itself, and we haven't gone into t- in too much detail. But you know, from that energy that we had from all of the fans and the Lewis uh, Dunford song that came on, and the energy in the crowd, Eddie and does what I think Lacazette would never do and chases down Melier and um, is that his name, Melier, the keeper? Yeah, Melier, yeah. Right in front of the Leeds fans and, and 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 look, it's a howler, but that doesn't happen if Lacazette's on the pitch and they're different players. But I think you know Eddie's Eddie's come in very good, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's a trademark from Eddie now. I think he's done it a few times. I actually think he's done it in the League Cup against Leeds this season. So um, he, that's a trademark from him. I think he, he's really good at harrying and pressing keepers and to make their mistakes and I think he's, he's a really good forward in that um, he's really his mobility and I think uh, I've mentioned a few times on this podcast and on, on other podcasts how his all round game has improved so much mm-hmm. and I'm so pleased for him that it has um, so good on him and I hope it continues for him because and if we look at, if we finish in top four and we'll look at players like him El Nenny, Rob Holden, all players who who won, who are on the fringes of the squad to come in and play really, really important roles in the back stretch of the season, and uh, it's all credit to, to to him and being given a chance and and actually taking that chance as well because yes, you can be given a chance, but taking that chance is, is big, and he's certainly improved that yesterday. No, and fair play to him. I, he's he's worked hard for it. He came out on that that podcast saying that, you know, he just wants to run. He's got it and he's performing like really, really highly. And like you say, it's everything. Um, everything that we sort of praise Lacazette for doing. Um, mm. You know, his link-up play has been great. He's been exciting. Um, I think his second goal was, was, was amazing as well. Mm. I think, you know, Martinelli had probably the most exciting 25 minutes in Arsenal shirt before he got too fitted and Ailing got sent off. Um and you know Eddie was part of that as well. You know, making, give, making the space for him, looking up the play. There was one point Eddie as well. Like, I think. Do you remember the Martinelli chance in the uh, second half where he sort of went through and it just went over the bar? Yeah. Right. Eddie's attempt to turn makes that yeah. chance. It's coming at him. He's back, back, uh, backing onto the defender, and he does a quick spin. Bang! The guy just gets his foot in the way, and it pops up to Martinelli who's running through. Right. So this is energy. This is exactly what we want. This is. Um, this is good play, and I'm sure we have a number of questions about what we do with Eddie. So um, we'll, we'll leave that for for a, for a little bit. Um, you know, a, a note on on Martinelli as well. I mean, what, what what did you think of his his performance overall? I I I think with Martinelli, I thought he was really really good. It, what he, he his movement has always been fantastic, and I think 
he he was sort of a danger to the fullback on that side as well um, all the time. I think he, he got an assist in this game, which was well deserved for him. He probably deserved a goal. Uh, I I just think when he's on that that sort of in in that sort of mood, he he's just really unstoppable to play against. And mm. I think. He, He's a player who's improved a bit this season because I, I thought he was a great finisher. He got up in really good positions. He had good movement. But his all-round game has come leaps and bounds as well. Yeah. He's no longer a winger who's just end product. You can give him the ball now and trust him with the ball. He can dribble past players. He can do that, all that stuff. He's very good at end product, but he has other facets to his game now, which is, is very good as well. And I, I, I've really enjoyed watching him in this game. He's probably pushing for a start against <laughs> against Spurs in, mm. fr- from this performance, but he might not actually get it because we'll, we'll probably talk about it in a bit. But, um, but yeah, he, he was really impressive and I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, he, um, he, he looks like he needs a goal. Like, but he it makes so much else happen. It almost doesn't matter. Like he, yeah, he, he will get there. He definitely will. But he's just making things happen. I think him having um, uh, on that left side as well, Tommy Asu behind him, um, makes made, made seem seemingly made quite a big difference as well. You know, if you're used to having Tavares or mm. you know, I think it really i think you know remember back when he was with Tierney, he was playing exceptionally well as well and it's like i think having that security and we'll get on to tommy Yasu, i think was 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 pretty good um which actually saka had a, a little bit of a quieter game compared to that particularly when cedric was playing on that side and i do wonder if um that had anything to do with it um i don't know because i think saka's had good games recently with cedric mm on that side as True. well. So uh, I don't think it's completely related to Cedric. I just think uh, they, they, they just triple up on him. That, that's what they do. <laughs> that's they? So and, true. Yeah, and it's just very difficult for a player like that to get out in, into space when they triple up on him. I also think he, he is being... Uh, maybe he's a bit fatigued um, mm. as well. Maybe that's a part of it, but because obviously he's probably our best player... You play him most of the time just because of how how influential he is. So mm. I still think he has moments in games which are really really good, but maybe he's like sort of like his excellent mo- with, with, with Saka. If he has a bad game, he's still pretty much a, one of the better players on the pitch. So um, it, it's oh, he was unreal. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I sorry, I wasn't saying that he, uh, you know, had a had a bad game. But I know what you no, mean. No, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. No, he he was quiet by his standards, but we know his standards are so high that it just means that when he has a quiet game like this, even though he's still very good, it just means it's it's sort of like a bit more of a shocker. I mean, we, I, I assume we'll talk about another right winger later on in the game. Who, oh God. Um. Yeah. Who who um did have a, a bit of a shocker. So. But yeah, I mean, yeah, well, 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 let's get to that. I mean, look, in the build-up, it was two two goals within 11 minutes of the game. It's sunny, the atmosphere's pumping. Yeah. Erdegaard's putting in delicious touches. He gets through, doesn't quite, you know, that delicious little chip over the defender's leg, keeps it to the byline and chips it back. No one's there. Um, you know, we've got El Elneny pulling the strings. El Elneny Esther, or the Pyramid Perlo, as I've heard others call him. Um <laughs> And, you know, Jack is having a good game. Tommy Yasu is looking unbelievable. I can't 
he is looking every bit of the player that I forgot that he was. I mean, he is unbelievable. His his, his defensive work rate, his both both feet, his intelligence. Um, you know, photos resurfacing, and I forgot that he was actually part of the Barcelona setup for a little bit, like back when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, albeit for a very short period of time. Um, Barcelona did a piece on him and uh, the Spanish striker that used to play for City, not Torres, the other one. Anyway, another time. Um, the and the point, yeah, I, I and I think he, I think he, if he didn't have that, you know, several months out could well have been looking at a player of the season very easily. And you forget just mm. how comfortable the back line looked with him in it compared to how it, you know, has been without. Um, and then, out of nowhere, Leeds <laughs> pop up with their first corner of the game. By the way, I don't know if you saw it on TV, but they were celebrating that corner as if they'd yeah, scored yeah, a goal. Because yeah. they were so like, this is ridiculous. We've got man sent off for 2-0 down. The Emirates is pumping. And... Um, and lo and behold, one corner. The only corner we've conceded from all season. Which I thought was unlucky. We shouldn't be conceding from a corner with a team with 10 men when you're 2-0 up. Yeah. But like, it was uh, a bit unlucky. Yeah, no. I. When you get a deflection it, in the box. Yeah, and then, it, it, yeah. It's sort of a bit difficult to sort of find out who or what to blame. So, I mean, you're just going to concede goals in, in football, unfortunately. And we did hear, and it was very disappointing to see yeah. that. But I do think we held we held firm. Um, like it was annoying to see that. Of course, Leeds score with their first shot mm. in the whole game. Not first shot on target, first shot on game. And they had two touches in the opponent's box, and it was um, the leading up to that goal wow. like, during the second half. So, like, it's just. Yeah, it, <laughs> Arsenal, uh, it, because it, and then you could obviously sense the the sort of headlines coming up. Oh, Arsenal, um, Arsenal concede from mm. like like win like give away winnable positions sort of thing. But so it was a bit worrying. But I thought we we played really well, and I think yes, it, by us not putting it to bed takes a bit of gloss over it, but I thought we played really well, and I think that's the most important thing that some people have lost, because I've seen people refer to it as a poor game, and I just don't agree with Mate, that. No, nah, not at all. We, we, were, we were really good. I don't think we... No, I think we, we really put our foot on the gas, and we were really trying to make it happen. It just wasn't quite working for us for whatever reason. There was that Saka chance, Martinelli. Um, oh, there's probably a couple of others. Oh, Erdegaard had that chance as well. So, you know, it felt like it was there. Um and it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was terrifying when, when that went in. And we had, like, what, 10 minutes to have to deal with the intensity of it. And we, we we suddenly played with, like, we were, you know, trying to defend the lead, which we kind of were. But it, it mm. certainly wasn't very stable. Um, and then, you know, Pepe runs up. Oh, God. <laughs> has an open goal. Do I shoot or do I try and nutmeg this player? Hmm. So I, I, I get the reasoning. Dan James is incredibly quick. Yeah, I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to beat him to take him out of the equation, but just run with the ball. Like, it's yeah, just, just run with the ball, even if he don't score. And it is to be fair, I don't think it's as easy as no. everyone's. What is wrong with well. Yeah, but the the logical, smart, and sensible thing to do in that situation is to just run with the ball forward. Yeah. And, like, he just doesn't do that. And it's just, thinking about it, 
like nowadays happen. It's sort of like, of course, Pepe tries to cut yeah. in on his left foot. Of course, he tries to do that. But it's just like run with the ball, be smart with it. Because even even if you don't get the goal, you're wasting time. Yeah. So yeah. like it's just he, he didn't do that. It was quite yeah, it was quite disappointing from him. It was actually just he he something we do know about him is that he does make bad decisions. He's not I don't I don't think he's an intelligent footballer. And that's something Oh no. Or, or you know, is what Alteta says, you know, having coaches on the pitch. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, like intelligent players making intelligent decisions and I just he's he's not trustworthy in, in, in defensive shape or you know, and when he came on, we did look again coming down that side a little bit dangerous. And thank God that he wasn't on when Rafinha was because mm. you know, that's something that we did really well with Tomiyasu to nullify him out of the game and keep him that side. So I don't know. Anyway. Um but we we held out and there was that one scare at the end. Ramsdale had to have a very comfortable catch, but thank God that because from my angle, that was my end. It kind of looked quite safe, but I didn't see it on the replay. It was actually like a little flick and it could have easily gone in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and then there was a bit at the end of the game where Gabrielle was sort of like holding someone, like right, yeah. like right at the death. But they were the only two chances. I thought after the first goal went in from Leeds, I just think we took the thing out of the game quite well. But mm. we, we were sort of caught in, like, do we go for a third or what, what do we do here? And it's just the, the one regret I'll have from this game is that we weren't ruthless enough. That was the yeah. only thing. Just like if we were more ruthless, we would have done, like, we would have got the win um, comfortably. And it would have been time for, like, Brit. Because the changes that we brought on, I think, were with a mind towards Thursday, but also with a mind that we would be higher, like, in a bigger lead. Yeah. So, like, because. I don't think Pepe comes on if we only won their up. No. Like I, I and I, I also don't think um Lacazette comes on for the same same reason. But like, I think those are changes that you can make, but I think the, the I think if the game was much more tension filled, I don't think he would have brought those players mm-hmm. on. So the, the the one regret from this game is what that we just weren't ruthless enough and really didn't finish them off when we should have. Exactly. And um but look Great game, great performance, really all round. And I think, do you ever find that you know you get those screenshots of, I can't believe Arsene Wenger got us into the Champions League or with this yeah. team, and it's like Frimpong and you know Mikwell and all that sort of stuff. But I, I, I think there's elements of I can't believe Arteta beat United, Chelsea, West Ham, yeah. Leeds, and potentially get us Champions League with Cedric. Elneny, who is an underrated person at the moment, certainly has been for his career, and he's doing something a little bit different at the moment and perhaps was man of the match. You know, Pepe and players like this um, and Rob Holding and things like that. So, you know, we've, we've needed these squad players and they've come out good. So um, let's, do, let's, do, let's do man of the match then. Go on, who's your man of the match? I'm going to give it to Tommy Asu. I just thought, oh. what, a, what a player, man. Like, I, I, I agree with you totally that he would have been our signing of the season if, and player of the season if he had been fit. I just think no matter where you play him, he's been dependable. He had, he's had one bad game this year, and that's because we rushed him, rushed him back from injury in the yeah. uh, in the League Cup semi-final. I think apart from that, he's been fantastic. So uh, he's my man of the match. Yeah, I think so. Um, kind of taken. Yeah, I think he's he's really. Good. I, I I'd like to give it to El, El Neniesta, and I'd like to give it to Erdegaard, and I can't tell who. I thought both were class. I'd, even Martinelli has a shout, but um, you know, and even Eddie. 
it's hard. Do you know what? I'll have to give it to Eddie. He scored two goals. They were vitally important. He had high energies, everything that I'm just really happy for him. Yeah. Same as I am on then. He's like, these are two players that were down and out, had to be called on and, and are really stepping up. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, Eddie's now keeping Lacazette out of the team. So what can you say? What can you yeah, say? Exactly. Do you have a dick of the day? Um, I mean, I, I think it, it's an easy dick of the day, but I will give it to um, Stuart Dallas for trying to basically break Martinelli's that not Stuart Ailing. Dallas, sorry, Luke yeah, Ailing, Luke yeah. Ailing. Yeah, 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 sorry, Luke Ailing for trying to um, break Martinelli's legs. Yeah, that was disgusting. I can't believe that wasn't given red straight away. I mean, fair enough, yeah. that's what VA is for, but um, wow, that was that was some tackle. I mean, he was just yeah. he was fuming. Yeah. Martinelli had him on toast. Yeah. And he couldn't deal with it. And fair play, he's, you know, he's done that a few times this season, Martinelli, isn't he? And then, like, fair play to to that. But, uh, yeah, yeah need, needed to go off. Um, I think my dick of the day is going to be, I don't, it's not really a dick of the day. It's more just, I think I've got a funny story to share. And, uh, it's not really that funny. It's not really that funny. Um, but it's just, like, basically a good friend of mine, Tom. He, I met him after the game at the supporters club. And um, he... Uh, <laughs> He basically, and I hadn't really clocked it before, is the spitting image of Aaron Ramsdale. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll send you a message now just so you can see it as I explain the story. But he, um, like you can imagine, very happy weekend, sun's out, Arsenal fans have just won. And you're a few points down, uh, pints down, I should say. FC Met, there you are, I'll just send it to you now. Um, everybody is singing the Aaron Ramsdale song with him. Um, and like just comes up to him getting photos of him go to the 12 pins afterwards and things like that I mean to be fair looking at these photos now and knowing Tom he's not as much of a spit as I thought he was but it's more the fact we'd have got a few beers and you just won and it's you know the context and everything so. I, I, I think the first photo he definitely looks like Aaron Ramsdale yeah. So, yeah like yeah. the second one maybe not as much but yeah you can definitely tell and he's also wearing uh, I think Ramsdale wore, wore that kit in a uh, in a, a shoot earlier in the season so um, yeah. he's wearing so um yeah he, he, you can get it but I always like stories like that is um yeah it's just I think one did um like uh, they always try and make it like funny football fans like and say yeah. oh you look like this player or that player like Kevin De Bruyne or whatever and it's yeah. just like yeah it's, it's always hilarious yeah it's great it really is great um but it was a good day. Very, very, very good day indeed. Um, and that really topped it off. I found it so funny. Um, let's have a look. Okay, so there's quite a few questions uh, about Eddie. So D underscore OB92 um, is, do we put faith in Eddie and promise him a starting spot to stay? Uh, K Uncle Steve says, do we need two strikers in the summer? Which I assume is a reference to what we do with Eddie as well. Um, and there's a few. So what, what what do you think? So I would like to keep Eddie. I think I'm fine with him being a squad option at Arsenal, but I just don't think he's fine with it. He's at an age where he needs to be playing regularly, and I just don't think we can guarantee him that because I think we should be signing a striker in the summer. I don't think we change our tactic now just because Eddie and Kessie has been doing really well because it might not last and mm. all all history points towards that he's played uh he's he's not been chosen uh, funnily enough against, against two strikers who are worth uh, like 100 million in you know, Aubameyang yeah. and Lacazette but 
this is his first run in the team. He's taking his chance. But I think, to be honest, that Arsenal should still be signing a striker. Like, there's no... Because, again, Lacazette's leaving. Yes, if Eddie stays, it makes our decision and makes the chance of uh, what we're doing a bit easier. Mm. But, like, I just don't... I just don't think he should be given starting role. I think give it, tell him fight for his place, keep him on his toes. Arteta clearly likes him, but it's down to the player. If the player doesn't believe he's going to get significant minutes in the next season, then he'll go. Um, and good luck to him, like if he does, because if we get to the top four, we will forever be in that kid's debt. And yeah. uh, and being one of our own, of course, I know he joined from Chelsea when he was very, very young, but like rejected by Chelsea, joined us. He's a Hayland boy, like he grew, like he he's grown up maybe a bit older than the rest. But for him to get, like, if he gets us to the Champions League, everyone will remember that. Yeah, and like, and that that's the biggest credit we can give him. Yeah, almost like leaving on a leaving on a high, you know, and. I, Nothing's changed, you know. I, we spoke about this exact thing last week, didn't we? And we said that yeah. ultimately that I'd love to keep Eddie, but would I like to keep him and guarantee a number one spot? You know, like being that that central striker, I I don't think I would. And it's really what's good for Eddie. And I think him and Almeni are pretty comparable at the moment. Um, one's at a very steady age. One knows who he is, what he can do, what his role in the team is, and is very comfortable with it. And that's Almeni. And he's, you know, he's a servant to the club, and he's being directed around by Arteta, he's understood his role and he's been improved and hugely valuable. And you've got Eddie, who's young, he's got time to prove himself and he's got time to become a player. And he was a formidable player at youth level. Mm. Um, he can score goals. We know he can. We've scored goals for Arsenal. Um, all through his youth career, he was prolific. And, you know, I think if we were signing a player like that, I think we'd be quite excited. I just think it's it's impossible to to guarantee him a starting position. Um, it would be great if he was our second striker, you know. Yeah. If we had a Nunes or Vlavin or Vlavic, you know, someone like that coming in, we got a headline striker and he was the second. We've got, we've got enough games, he'll play. Um, and I think, you know, he'll be a really good option to have on, but it's just what Eddie needs. And if Eddie's, what, 22, 23? 23, yeah. Time for him to really start and play, isn't it, really? Um my my fear would be if he becomes really good, which I think he might well do, and I, don't, I just don't know where he'll go though. Well, I I think <laughs> if he went to like a Brighton or something like that, I think he would do exceptionally well. So I think that's where he should be looking at is a Premier League move, but it's just which Premier League team will take the chance with him. I think he's done exceptionally well in these last couple of months, and I think um, or last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, but I feel. Yeah, it's just, I, I think if I was Eddie, I would leave. Like, because I think I if I want more playing time, I don't think I'm going to get it at Arsenal. Um, yeah. But, did, like, he's not going to get Champions League anywhere else. I'm not saying he will with us yet. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, let's say it happens. Like, what? Are, he's not going to another Champions League club. No, but would he rather take the step down? Yeah play regular football and then potentially get Champions League f- football going mm. up. So, like, um, I'm trying to think, like, someone like Danny Ings, for example, like, he left Liverpool, went to Southampton, and then he's gone back to Aston Villa, which 
some people don't say is a step up, but I do. I think it is. And you, you, you sort of have those players sometimes where they have to sort of take a step down mm. to then go back up. I mean, look at look at Kevin De Bruyne, for example. He was, yeah. at, Chelsea, he was at Chelsea, went to Wolfsburg, bit of a step down club, does does sensational there, gets the move to Man City. Yep. And that, that's... Yeah, Lukaku, players like that. Like, sometimes you sort of need to take a step down to take an eventual step up and become the main man in, a like, a, a big fish in a small pond before you come back and be the cog in a machine, sort of. Yeah, and I'd like to see where he'd go. I think that would be really interesting. Um, I think Palace, Brighton, or something like that, but I think he would do really well in those teams. And, um, yeah, you, you, you certainly would like to see it. Um, I'm confused. I'd like to keep him to stay, and hopefully his, his head will be turned should should we get Champions League. There's a lot to happen there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Similarly, a uh, couple of questions about um, Elneny and Xhaka. So, um, Ons Wells Wesley says, what's your opinion on how important Xhaka and Elneny have been? What's this one? Kieran Stapleton says, um, we need an Elneny song. Could we reword the Stuart Armstrong Celtic song? What's, do you know what that is? I, I I don't sell, but to be fair, if it's the Celtic song, I can guarantee it being really really good. Well, you 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 stay there. You talk to me a little bit about how important you think El Nenny Jacka is. I'm going to go on mute and try and find it. So you go ahead. Right. So uh, Mohamed El Nenny and Granit Xhaka, I think I've been really really good these last few weeks. We've needed a established midfield partnership, and I think that's what we got from them and Arsenal needed it at the right time and that's when El Nenny come in. Obviously there's reports now with El Nenny that he's um the talks going on about a new deal, which is fantastic for him and I'm really happy for him that he's getting it because I think he deserved it and every squad needs an El Nenny sort of player. And I think for him to get a new deal right now would be a very excellent thing. In terms of his, in terms of Xhaka, I think he stepped up, but that just makes me more more worried about Granit Xhaka because I feel like he might actually get a red card in the next few weeks. Just hopefully not on Thursday because that will terrify me so so much. But it's always the Granit Xhaka effect. He plays ten great games and then does something stupid. So, but both have been vital to what we're doing and. And you can see it's vital because El Nenny looks like he's getting a new contract. Still on mute. I, I yes, sorry. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, he's exactly the player we need for that role, and I think if we'd sign someone like that for what we need him for, then I think we'd be delighted. So it's a really easy and sensible decision for a guy who already know can work in this machine, um, as, as you called it, in the terms of a cog. Yeah, um, and Xhaka is is, I think, had his best season for the club. I mean, uh, am I going to say it? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to. I think you know what I'm thinking. I'm not going to say he's not done anything too stupid recently. But you know, no, 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 I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> uh, you know, but he's been playing in a position that protects him a bit more. Yeah, um, and I think he he deserves huge credit for the kind of play he's been. He's been played out of position for most of the time he's been here. He's been far given far too much responsibility for a player to, I mean, he'll be playing left back and all sorts of things. And, mm. you know, in the position that he is playing at and that he is supposed to be playing at, he is very, very good. Like, really good. And I'd love to have him for another season. Um, And he needs a song. Does he have a song? I don't think he does. No. I can see no. that. 
Um, but he doesn't have a song. And I just listened to the Stuart Armstrong one. To be honest, it's a lot of drunk guys singing something very passionately. And it does sound very good. I'm going to investigate it a little bit further afterwards. <laughs> but it does sound a lot of fun. I have to say that. Like, it's 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 quite wordy. It's kind of like, um, like it's definitely a song, not just like a chant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, we've had we've had we've had some um, good songs for players as well. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of one off off the top of my head, but um, I oh, can't. Mikateta. Yeah, Super Mikateta is a good one. Um, really good. Like that was sung everywhere. I don't even look to my Instagram, but they are like it, it was. But the whole Soul Stadium was singing it, which I couldn't really believe. Like it sounds like quite an away day chant. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah, which which is actually very very good. Um, I always like um, she wore a yellow ribbon as well. Mm. It's always quite a special one for me. Yeah, um, when 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 we do well in the FA Cup, so um, yeah. yeah, it's always a, a special one. Um, Saul Campbell uh, winning, you know, getting a double. That's always yeah, good. yeah, double, double, double. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, um, alrighty, so. Ah, oh, we've I've got to read out another Tanya Fozard one. There's always a good one. Okay. So Tanya Fozard asks, if you could pick one attribute each from the Arsenal squad, i.e. left foot, mentality, pace, who would you choose and what? <coughs> so we build in like the perfect footballer using Arsenal players. Is that I think what that's it? Do? I think that's it. Okay, so if we start with heading. Heading. I'm going Gabriel. with it's either Gabriel or Tommy Asu. Oh, Tommy, super Tommy. Yeah, Tommy is really good in the air. He is. Has he scored yet? No, I don't think he has. So, oh. um, I we'll, we'll go Gabriel. Um, j- j- just because I think he's really good in the air. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, Gabriel, I think let's do that because he scored a yeah. goal as well. He scored a header last week, so. Yeah. Um, okay, and then what we're going, chesting? Chesting? Um, like taking it down on the. Oh, is that a thing? Like touch? We... Touch. Let's go touch. Um, Erdegaard. Yeah, surely. I was going to say, yeah. Erdegaard. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, left foot, Pepe? Saka? I think, I think Pepe's a better shooter, you know, and he's a better. Like, if you're just isolating that, you take away decision making and take like, yeah, yeah okay, okay, I, I, I can get behind Pepe. Um, shouts, I think to, he's the best finisher at the club, yeah. Shouts to Granite Xhaka as well, who also has a good left foot, yeah, he's so. got on him. Um, right foot, um, oh god, we don't have many right footers in the squad, do we? Smith Rowe, yeah, it's got to be Smith Rowe, maybe, yeah, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Martinelli as well. Um, ben yeah, White. I mean, he's a good passer. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to say, yeah, I'd be tempted to say Martinelli. Yeah. Oh, but, but then Smith Rowe's called Let's go Smith Rowe. Let's go Smith Rowe. Okay. Yeah. Um, mentality. Xhaka. Yeah. Xhaka, Xhaka's up there. Ramsdale as well. Ramsdale. Yeah. They've got very good mentality, both of them. Mm. Um, tackling, uh, tackling. Tom's party. Yep. Yeah, I think I think he's a really good tackler. What about um? What about like uh, yobbing off at someone, like being a little, 
you know, what, being a little schnitzer and getting away with it. Like, you know, like just getting under the skin of other players. The bit of being a little S house, S house. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, oh, so I'd probably, probably Ramsdale to be fair. Yeah, maybe Lacazette. Lacazette does, does um, Lacazette does the, the dark arts quite well as well. Um, actually, no, I got one for this. Ben Go White. On. Ben White. Yeah, because, he does, doesn't he? Because, because Ben White is a sly one. Because there, there was a game against Wolves where he tricked a player over and then like like just out of shot, and the mm. player's going nuts and he's just smiling. Like there, there is something about Ben White that I sort of like. He's really, really sly with it, but I really like it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, no, okay, let's let's give it Ben White. Let's give it Ben White. Um, anything else? Is there anything else we can think um, of? I guess dribbling I would give to Saka. Yeah, let's go Saka. Yeah, I sensational. Um, Alrighty. Uh, let's, let's do a couple more. So, Inks, Kegill. Um, Inks, Kegill. Sorry, I've probably messed that up. Just to revisit a really quick question. Are you nervous for the match on th- on Thursday? Uh, yes. 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 Yes, yes, yes we are. Um, but a bit further to that, um, QMQHO2 says, do you think we can get third place um, when we beat Spurs, if we beat Spurs? Um, and b 10 says, chances of finishing third. So, like, there's a lot of confident people here. I like that. I like the confidence. I, I, I sort of like that the team are aspiring to get third as well. Because I think if mm. it was just fourth and we were hanging on, I think it would be more daunting. Yeah. Whereas if we've got a goal while we can potentially get third, then I think um, it, it gives the, the, the team uh, something to aim for as well. So do I think we'll get it? No, probably not. Um, no. Who but Chelsea have got, I think they've got leads in midweek. Uh, I think they've got quite have a favourable... Is that at Leeds? I think it's at Leeds, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yes, it's a way to Leeds. <laughs> then they've got the FA Cup final on the weekend. Oh, yeah. And they've got Leicester and at home. They won't Leicester leave. at home, Watford at home. Oh, so those two. So that's six points. I mean, look, it's possible. Let's get this game out of the way. Um, and before we sign off and, and, and pass over to Connor to, to do the women's roundup, which again is going to be particularly great, so I'd, I'd certainly recommend staying around for that. Um, let's discuss how we'd approach Thursday, shall we? Oh, <laughs> oh God. So, oh. so I think I, we've got the, the same squad as fit. I think we'll have Ben White. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think we're going to have Parsi. I don't think we're going to have any. Yeah, I don't think that's that's who we'll have. So, we do, mate. What, what are you saying? I might approach it the same way we approached Chelsea. Um, back three. Yeah, but that can change to a back four. True. True. So so maybe you play Ben White, Gabriel, and Rob Holding in that game. You play Nuno? See, this is the the, the sticky bit because... <laughs> I'd go to the left. Yeah, so Nuno at... Left back mm. terrifies me mm. because against Kudaszewski, he's going to get rinsed. Like, there's no doubt about it, he's going to get rinsed. Mm. But, but if you're going to play that sort of like back four, back five, yeah, then you sort of like Tommy Asu. We need Tommy Asu to play, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah, you it's, need him on Son as well. Yeah, it's just, yeah, so you need him on Son. So, so it's left back. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know because I wouldn't really like that either. So it, it is just a bit difficult. 
to sort of decipher and decide. Um, oh, it's it's such a big game. Like maybe just keep it simple and just play what you know, and then just sort of like play a different way. Um, but I, I think the only other change, I mean, everything else picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Like the 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 only other change I, I would see is um, what's the, is um, maybe Martinelli, or, yeah, or Smith Rowe. I think if we play back three slash back five, we play Smith Rowe. But yeah. I I I I think if we don't, then maybe Martinelli plays. Mm. So it is really really difficult. Um, but it, it, it doesn't make me any less nervous. Let's just, let's just put it that way. God, no, I'm so nervous. No, I don't want to think about it. No, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think having the extra centre-back in there and, and going toe-to-toe, then they'll play back three, back five. They'll play on the counter. So it's it's matching up and just, you know, hoping that we're better than them. And I think we are in every place apart from, the you know, the front three. So <clears throat> I think um, not letting them play on the counter is going to be key. That's the only way they'll win. Yeah, but and also they have to come at us. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones that need to win this game. So... And I think we we are good at I, I I think Spurs are not incredible with the ball. They are a very counter attacking mm. led side. Don't play to their strengths, and we can hurt them and potentially do something special. Because if we win on Thursday, my words, that feeling will like I, I don't. <laughs> it will take months for me to get over that feeling. Like it would just yeah. be beautiful. Tickets going for like six hundred quid at the game yesterday. I was like talking to people. It's like this is it. It's they've, it's, they've, it's, it's they've getting... gone up to like two thousand. I think. Jesus Christ, I'm not surprised because it can happen. It you know it, it could be terrible, but you know there there is a chance that St Totteringham's Day, Champions League football's good. It's all happening on the same day, much like two thousand and four, but it's at their place this time. Two thousand and six, mm. sorry, but yeah. it's at their place. Yeah, and it could be one of those times, but it also could be not. And look. Um, how do you think the players are feeling? I, I think they'll relish it. I think they're a young... I think there might be some nerves, mm. but I think they should not go into it with any fear. I think we as fans are fearful, mm. but I think this is an incredible opportunity for them. Um, how, how do you write yourself into Arsenal folklore? You win this game. Be the hero yeah. of that game. Like, and Arsenal fans will remember you pretty much forever. Yes, it's not for a title. Yes, it's not for a trophy. But, like, imagine getting top four on the final day. Like, top four at your biggest rivals to finish above them for the first time in five years. Like, that's massive. And, like, imagine, like, Eddie Nketiah scores. Arsenal fans will love him forever. Like, it's just, these are moments that we, we, we sort of, it's, it's big. It is big. Okay. And, and now I'm getting even more nervous talking about it. Oh, let's stop talking about it. Let's, let's, let's crack on. Let's get everyone getting, you know, get on with their days and let's listen to the women's podcast, you know, or the women's section that yeah. Connor's about to do for us. So, um, but thanks so much to, for listening to us, everybody. You've got Connor coming up next, which I'm very much looking forward to listening to. And Matt, thanks so much for coming on. We will speak, I'm sure, in the meantime, but the next time we'll formally speak is probably next week. And let's hope that we won't have just beaten Spurs, but we'll have beaten Newcastle away as well. How's that? Yeah, that, that, that would be great. And Lovely. hopefully we, we, we've secured top four and I can be the most unbearable person in the world. Mm. Well, from their point of view, right, 
sorry, I shouldn't do this, but like from their point of view, they're coming up against Spurs side, an Arsenal side that's just beaten Chelsea, Man United, West Ham, and Leeds. Like this is, oh, I'm not going to say anymore. But let's leave it there. Thanks so much, Matt. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much, everyone, everyone, and enjoy Connor's roundup. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a woman's roundup for the Arsenal editor and. It's an interesting time to be able to do the podcast because while the men's game is still going on and while they're still heading in very much in the right direction towards Champions League football, the women's season, at least for Arsenal, is now done. And what a season. What a season. And I always find when thinking about women's football, at least in the times that we are in now, a season as a whole is more so than just the team it's also about the game. It's about the reach. It's about how we view the women's game as well. And for that reason, I think on all fronts, it's been a fantastic season for the women's game and for the women's teams in general. So especially in, in Arsenal's case, getting games with the Emirates, which I've been lucky enough to attend and being able to get the games televised as well as Arsenal editor taking on the role of publicizing about the women's side has been a fantastic step forward for the game. We think about a year before this day and this kind of thing wasn't happening. Um, and I think it's it's fantastic to see, especially from a personal point of view for, for spectacle that is the women's game. It's, it's great to see that it's on TV, it's accessible and it's engaging a lot of people. And you just have to look towards the, what's going on with Barcelona Football Club where they've smashed not once but twice the world record for the amount of attendance at a women's football match. First with 91,553 spectators at the El Clasico in the quarters of the Champions League and then beating that next, the sort of, you know, a couple of weeks after against Wolfsburg by another 100 when they took them on in the semi-final of the Champions League. And it's a testament to to their sort of fight for equality in their, in their setup and as well as a a sort of the fruits of their labor in that sense as well and looking at the arsenal team we've had some comments from our chairman looking towards investing more on the women's side getting more games at the emirates and i think just having that as a prospect and having the kind of publicity that it has received has just been phenomenal and i'm glad to be able to be presenting and, and talking about this now and i'm also very fortunate that it's been a double game week um i wish i could have been chatting a little bit uh, more so about this for a longer period of time, but a double game week is a fantastic way to, to see it off, especially just before the Women's Euros this summer. So we'll get into the Spurs game, and it was a, a very, it was a game fit for the occasion. I'm so glad, of course, that Arsenal came out winners, and that the fact that it was a North London derby at the Emirates was a fantastic spectacle, and despite a midweek game, it still drew a very, very healthy crowd. And while these podcasts and these roundups are not short of mentioning Vivida Mar's name, her name does come up with her almost, you know, in a way, game-saving goal line clearance in the seventh minute, where it came off a corner and ball scrambling around. And as it's about to be tapped in, Miedemar gets on the line and clears it off and eventually goes out for a goal kick. Um, and as a game in itself... It was a game that Arsenal dominated. Um, I've mentioned in my podcast beforehand that the Arsenal-Spurs rivalry hasn't quite blossomed in the women's game just yet. It's more about Arsenal-Chelsea, which I'll get on in get on to in, in just a second. 
but it's still nonetheless a very important North London derby. So with this kind of clearance going off the line, it just instills you a little bit more confidence where if that goes in, the game could have gone either way. And you just have to look towards early in the season where Arsenal had to grab another, well, a a one a one one equalizer at one one in the ninetieth minute against Spurs, and they defend resolutely, but this time they just could not hold it up against Arsenal, and they could not keep it up against the on the constant barrage of attacks, as well as it being in our home turf, our home turf. And Beth Mead was on fire. Uh, her her movement, her willingness to run for that first goal, where she slots it in left foot, just given so much space and a player of that quality, you're going to put it in. And it's her birthday today, so happy birthday, Beth. Hopefully you're listening. Um, but then when we look at the, the starting lineup, just in general, we've got Katie McCabe on the bench, and we've got Ford at left wing, uh, which I sort of, well, he intended that at the, in the last podcast and said I preferred on the left wing rather than a centre forward. And then that paid dividends with two goals in this game with uh, Zinsberger back in goal as well as Stina Blackstenius up top. And while she did get subbed off in sort of nearer, nearer towards half time in the North London derby at the Emirates, it's not, a, it's not a great time to be subbed off and it's not an occasion where you want to play a limited amount of minutes. But she'd more than made up for it in, in the game, which, will, which I'll comment on just in a second. Uh, we started with a high press. So we wanted to win big. We needed the goals for if it was going to come down to goal difference between us and Chelsea, we needed to get that done. Um, and it was a fantastic touch throughout the game as well. We had the high press going on. We also had scarves on the chairs and benches of the Emirates to for the fans to take home, be more involved, wave around. And I think that was a fantastic touch. And I think it also plays towards how Mikel Arteta has uh, supposedly chatted to the board about trying to get the Arsenal fans more involved in the game and he sent videos from Spain about drums and uh, scarf waving. So I think this has got something to do with it as well. And with that going on, we also saw the benefits of the high press when we're starting to suffocate Spurs and we saw Leah, you know, Leah Williamson, our centre-back, literally in the middle of Spurs' half. Uh, They're almost into the final third of the pitch where we're able to step up and start playing those kinds of balls. And as a result, that high press allowed the game to become very open. And despite that, we weren't getting the goal. The crowd, the crowd were, were getting onto it, and then we were getting close. But then after that, getting that first goal, we just weren't getting that, that second and that third that we really, really needed. Uh, but then, luckily, Caitlin Ford came in with an absolute purchase goal at the back post with a sliding in from a Viv Miedemar left-footed uh, sort of cross-shot kind of thing. And then with the te- keeper's touch, she was able to diverted in and eventually having scored those two goals it got nice and spicy challenges were flying in people or players were having a go at the ref and Katie McCabe was getting stuck in so if you haven't seen my post on the Arsenal editor page on Instagram please do go check that out Katie McCabe got very much in and amongst and what only fueled that even more was hearing the song if you hate Tottenham stand up ringing around the stadium and I think that's great to see the synergy between the men's and women's game in that sense. And I think it's fantastic that that rivalry is still getting built up and we're able to witness that getting built up. What that means is that there will come a time where Tottenham beat Arsenal for the first time in their history, and that's not going to be a, a nice day. But I think that's all going to be part of the rivalry in that sense as well. And great for the women's game in general, making a more competitive competitive league. And with that song, with those songs ringing around, and the fans getting stuck in with their scarves. We witnessed an absolute Caitlin Ford 
masterclass of finishing. And she stopped it just left or a couple meters left of the D and uh, of the opposition box, touched it down, one touch out, and then curled it right foot into the far, into the into the corner of the keeper's left. And what a beautiful goal it was. So nonchalant, but so well-timed and precise. And she hit a very rich reign of form towards the end of the towards the end of the season. And I cannot wait to see her next season as well. And at the end of it all, with the 3-0 victory done, Kim Little won the player of the match. She's an absolute workhorse, absolute typical box-to-box midfielder. And you can just see it where she runs and makes the makes a challenge um, or challenges the defense in the opposition half. And then immediately when she's running back, she's the first one to try and stop the attack as well. So it's fantastic to see that. Very much of an Aaron Ramsey kind of kind of mold in that sense. So I think it's fantastic to, to see her doing that. And for her to be our captain and to have won so many titles with Arsenal and now to have the possibility of going even further than that is is great to see. And um, I think what made the day even sweeter, apart from the 3-0 victory, apart from the scarves, apart from the songs, and apart from a Kim Little player of the match performance, was Spurs missed a penalty. I'm so glad we did not concede. And what a fantastic day in general. Spurs missed penalty. Um, hitting it off the far left post of the players left, I should say, and a 3-0 victory at the Emirates. It couldn't have gotten better than that. And uh, with the game against Chelsea, so that was on the the Wednesday, and then the game against Chelsea this past Sunday, Adeval came out with his his usual spokesperson kind of attitude, saying that it's hard to be task-orientated and nervous at the same time. So he prefers to orientate the squad on the task at hand to focus on what's coming up rather than to be nervous at the same time. So with that in mind, we then uh, moved on to West Ham. And with with this Sunday with this Sunday game coming up, not against Chelsea, but uh, very much involving Chelsea within the mix, we played West Ham. And it was a tentative start. Uh, we weren't finding the passes. Leah Williamson shock was even... Uh, not able to find her long-range passes, so which we've become so accustomed to seeing. And I think after that start, eventually we were able to kick on. We were able to to get with it. We were able to excite the crowd. And eventually, Stina Blaxenius came on in the second half for an absolute instant impact, receiving it just beyond the D of the edge of the box and then dribbling it in and rolling into the box and then rolling her shot with a right-footed, Thierry Henry-esque finish into the keeper's bottom left corner. And straight after that, we absolutely took charge of the match. Steph Catley scored a goal, an absolute left-footed rocket in off the crossbar after signing a new contract, which I think is just fantastic to be able to mark an occasion like this. It's She's spent two years in North London and has said that she's felt nowhere else where she's been at home and she feels settled and she feels that she's able to kick on. And uh, Idavel is described as one of the best in her position in the world. So having her in the ranks and here for much longer time is going to be absolutely key towards our future ambitions, towards our desires for next season. And one of the one of the main characters of that sort of of that play of that journey that's going to be undergone next season will be Jonas himself, will be Adebayo himself and he's to sign a new contract right through until the 20 until 2024 in a joint joint 
situation, a joint photography moment with Mikel Arteta, and I think that's fantastic. Again, like I said earlier on in the roundup, I think to, to this day a year ago, this was not anywhere near being a thing. And I think the progress that has been made has just been spectacular. And to see them there chatting football and sign the contract at the same time tries to showcase the one club effect and the unity between the two clubs, uh, the men's side and the women's side. And I wish I could say the same. I would have loved a, a third person there signing a, a new contract in the form of Viv Miedemar. It could have been her last Arsenal performance on Sunday. And to say those words just makes me extremely extremely gutted and worried and I fear that if we let Viv Miedemar go for whatever reason it's going to take a long time to be able to replace her it might take a couple players because in Viv you've got the best player as a striker and as a number 10 in the world and I think losing her is going to be a tough loss not only for Arsenal but for the league as well she's the record breaker in terms of the amount of goals scored and the amount of goal contributions she's an absolute icon for Arsenal Football Club the first female Arsenal player to have a statue outside the Emirates. So what more could you ask for? So we can only keep our fingers crossed that she sees the ambition that Arsenal have and wants uh, to stay along for the ride. And I hope it's not a goodbye to her and I hope it's not a farewell because I would have loved to see her gone with a title and I can only hope and and, and pray that we we have her, we have the delight of seeing her play for Arsenal for a couple more years. And for me... The persuasion is the Champions League. We need to get further in Champions League and selling that project and saying this is what we're going to do in order to dissuade Viv from joining like a Barcelona or a Wolfsburg or a Paris Saint-Germain when they are getting further in Champions League than us, I think will be key in terms of the kind of icon that she can become for the women's game in the WSL. And then the other side is that she's sort of broken every kind of record in the WSL. So there's not much more to achieve apart from a Champions League with Arsenal. She's won the title, maybe an FA Cup. And I think for to sell that, I think that's the, the route that we need to go. And so a little bit of trivia as well. Uh, we always like to learn in these podcasts that Leah Williamson's dad was actually a Spurs fan. And her mum was an Arsenal fan. So she did the exact right thing and listened to her mum. So it's interesting how those kind of things can, can switch. But again, it's fantastic to see that a, a, a young, tenacious and driven centre-back is able to play for the Arsenal team. And better yet, that she's an actual Arsenal supporter. So we can, only, we can only sit and watch and enjoy. And it's going to be great to see her lead out the Lionesses at the Women's Euros. If you have not booked any tickets to go see the, the games, I would highly, highly recommend it. They're very well distributed over all of the UK and I think it'll be a fantastic spectacle to, again, appreciate the sport and to see it grow and to see some Arsenal players in action and also some foreign players. We'll be seeing Spain there, Alexa Puteas, Ballon d'Or winner. We'll be seeing uh, Lika Martens, who plays for the Netherlands, uh, who is a Barcelona player as well. Been absolutely crucial to their title charge, amongst many, many others. Some absolutely fantastic Lyon players who, who are now in the Champions League final alongside Barcelona. So I cannot wait. And I think it's going to be great to have it here in the UK. And I, I believe that the home of football is going to do us a very, very good job indeed. So thank you again for sticking with me for this Women's Roundup. And I hope you're as excited, as pumped and as full of absolute awe and astonishment at this women's team. And, and a season where, despite leading very, very early on in the season and then only losing one game this whole season against Birmingham City 2-0 on the 9th of January. 
we still had a fantastic season to take Chelsea all the way and only lose by one point, which was nowhere near where we were the year before. So I think that we have a lot to be proud of and a lot to look forward to. So again, thank you so much for sticking with me and I will catch you next week.